take your shoes off, put yourself around some trees, maybe put your cell phones on airplane mode, like be that kind of family. And then come back and get to work and, and get on your computer and take your phone off airplane mode and like, you know, get your shit done. But those are going to be the things that are going to be the, the most invaluable levers for a person's health. Hello, people. Welcome to the community of the Growth Mindset Podcast. Guys, if you are a first time listener, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening from so that you don't miss on more interesting episodes coming up in following weeks. And for our daily listeners, here we are again with a new episode where we will interview another interesting personality from a unique industry and understand how they were able to accomplish this great level of success. Remember, this is a podcast where we learn easy, practical methods and tips that we can implement in our daily lives from the very best and the most successful people known today. Because as we all know, success leaves clues. And we, the people having the growth mindset, will use these clues to create a better, more fulfilling and a successful life. So let the growth begin. Thank you so much for taking your time out and joining us on the Growth Mindset Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Aaron, now a lot of my listeners primarily are out of India, right? So for my folks, for my listeners who have not come across your work, I would just like to give a quick introduction about yourself. My background is uh, largely kind of a combination of manual therapy and physical therapy and a lot of uh, just my own work. My body started off with a lot of insecurity, getting in, then got into bodybuilding, trying to like protect and build a, a fortress around myself with muscle. And that led to a lot of imbalance and then arduous process that I'm still, I'm still amidst that process of reintegrating and, and putting the, the pieces back together, the more balanced, well-oriented, aligned way, hence the name of all the stuff that I do aligned method aligned podcast you know aligns kind of a word that i've been i've been veering towards for uh, for quite a while and now i help people with sorting their own bodies out and just feeling more comfortable in their body uh, relieving themselves of like the idea that we're condemned to being in pain and our bodies deteriorating and falling apart with time and you know the adult diaper industry has exceeded that of the the baby diaper industry so we get to a certain age and can't control our our bowels, can't control our our, our urine, uh, we can't get up off of the ground. Yeah, so that's like the number one leading reason for elderly needing assisted living. Not in your country, in India, where where that's like a common part. Your culture, um, you guys are, are are naturally taking your bodies through these ranges of motion that are their natural tuning mechanisms for the nervous system, for your neurology, for uh, the connective tissue around the joints to, to maintain full functional range of motion of your musculoskeletal system, your body just naturally going through these ranges of motion, such as getting up and down off of the ground each day. Uh, that's like one of the most potent tools a person can do for their health, for their longevity. Uh, it adds like playfulness to, to a culture to, to dinner time, you know, to any, you know, if you're hanging out with your kids, you're getting down on the ground. Um, you know, so that's, there's like very many simple low hanging fruit that Western culture largely is just like really missing the boat on. 
and largely why I, I wanted to talk to you actually was because you're in India. And so I was, I was, I'm, I'm so interested in your culture um, because I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of places in the world that the United States can learn a lot from. And so I, I think largely the thing that I'm the most interested in is like presenting the very apparent low hanging fruit that would create large difference for people's healths and well-being that a lot of other countries in, in the world are, are just naturally s still inhabiting those positions and those practices. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to like bring parts of India to the United States in a way, I'd say. Oh, that's quite an undertaking, right? I mean, uh, if you see, Aaron, like in, in India, yes, you're right, right? A lot of our, our culture primarily focuses around, uh, you know, family and, and the well-being. Yeah, that, that's one part of the puzzle. But now even there are situations here, even in India, because I personally know, the, the working class professionals rising right now because a lot of work coming into India, they're outsourcing. So India is actually getting into a lot of uh, you know, remote working kind of an environment, especially after pandemic, right? Yeah. Now exercise is something, yeah, you, you're right. There are a couple of uh, like, for example, yoga or stretches, a lot of things that, that happen in India, but that's, a, that's again, a, not a very large population of folks that are doing it. So I wanted to basically connect with you for one of those reasons as well, because I've seen you are, you're an expert in those areas, health, longevity, fitness, uh, nutrition. So I wanted to ask you, let's say for folks now who are working from home, right, as well as uh, having a job, nine to five job, most of them uh, kind of are procrastinating. They don't have the time to go and work out. But if there are some exercises that they can do to at least get into that realm of fitness to kind of keep themselves fit on a regular basis what are some simple exercises to start from look at exercise as being a broader term than just the movements that you're doing inside of a room i would say just your your the choice of the environment that you place your body into is a part of the exercise so if you are a person that is working remotely and you know you're inside of a room maybe that room is air conditioned maybe that room has fluorescent lighting maybe that room is uh, there's not very far distances that your eyes can see uh, so you're in kind of like a it's it's just not the most rich stimulation or it's not the most rich environment to stimulate your nervous system and so first i would say like just go outside like mm -hmm. whatever you're doing go outside go expose yourself to sunlight remove your sunglasses you know, remove as much clothing as as, as reasonable. Take your shirt off if it's if it's like a reasonable thing for you to do. Um, ideally, make sure you're getting outside early in the morning, so you're getting that that low solar angle sun, that infrared light from the sun. Same thing for sunset. You know, place your movement practices around those time frames that you're able to just stack the variables of you know how can I if I'm going to invest my time in doing practices that make me healthier in quotations. Uh, which health, the meaning of health, it's an old English word, it sounds like help, it, it means whole. So the meaning of health is just whole. So to feel whole, feel connected, you know, feel like they, I, I really enjoy that definition of it. Uh, so feel whole and connected to your, you know, so that would be the first thing is, is like, put yourself around trees, put yourself in natural sunlight, put yourself around places where there's water is great, um, running water, you know, tapping into your various different senses. And then once you're out there, then we can get like, okay, now, like, how do we actually move our body? Uh, so while you're in that environment, so you've stacked these, this just like massive high leverage variable, tune your nervous system at a neurochemical level to support you from a hormonal perspective, uh, all the things. Then as far as the movement thing goes, 
I mean, it's like simple, boring stuff is the foundation. Make sure you're walking with regularity. So start, if you, if you are working remotely, that means you're on a computer or a, maybe you could be on a phone, uh, take breaks or, or not do like calls while you're walking outside, uh, do meetings while you're walking outside. Like that was, you know, Steve Jobs was semi-successful and that was like a, a primary component to his perspective of creativity and uh, culture, like company culture and, and to be able to get the best ideas. It was like, okay, we need to tap into nature. We need to tap into our bodies. So he had this like huge multi-million dollar walking path built out front of their campus specifically because he wants his employees to go the freak outside and go for a walk because he sees that as being an investment towards better ideas and better longevity longevity of the company you know so within the company culture of yourself or you know whoever you're working with or company culture of your family be a walking family <laughs> be like a nature hiking family be a picnic go outside have a picnic make your own food get your hands in it uh, sit down on the ground, maybe take your shoes off, put yourself around some trees, maybe put your cell phones on airplane mode, like be that kind of family and then come back and get to work and, and get on your computer and take your phone off airplane mode and like, you know, get your shit done. Um, but those are going to be the things that are going to be the, the most invaluable levers for a person's health, like bar none. Um, you know, and so then with that, within that, it's like, okay, cool. You're walking enough. Are you getting up and down off of the ground? getting up and down off of the ground and that could look like lunging that could look like a squat that could look like when you're sitting on the ground there's a whole plethora of different positions you could be in you know they they kind of look like yoga um but you know yoga again yoga and health are essentially the same word yoga comes from sanskrit word yoke or union so it's the same thing it's connection it's whole it's holism it's like they're the same thing yoga and health same word um you know so within that getting uh, down on the ground spending some time there you take your legs to a 90-90 position, a straddle position, sukhasana position, et cetera, et cetera. And then just through the act of you getting up and down off of the ground with regularity, that's going to act as a like a tuning mechanism for your musculoskeletal system. Um, and it's also really fantastic for the brain. You know, and, so, and then it's also, it, it sets you up for autonomy and sovereignty within your body for the rest of your life. Uh, and you, you don't need to be a part of the number one leading reason that elderly, at least in you know, Western culture, the United States, which now India is, you know, probably just turning into Western culture. Um, but uh, in from the United States, that's the number one leading reason they need assisted living is like they've fallen down on the ground, or they've just arrived on the ground in whatever way they did, and they can't get up. Like that's unacceptable. Yeah, it's just not it's just not acceptable. <laughs> that, that that's that that's a thing. It's like, Oh, yeah, of course, you know, you're 70. You might get up off the ground when you're 70. You know, it's like it happens. It's like bullshit. Yeah. Like that is that is that is just a innocent human <laughs> sentient being being malleable to their environment and divorcing themselves from this fundamental range of motion that's been, you know, a part of the health and well-being and circulation of all of our vital fluids and you know the the lymph and just like like all of the things that keep make the human human to just cut that out of human culture there's just going to be you know a, a, like myriad issues on the on the back side of that and that's you know, so i would say first before you get hot and bothered about like a workout routine i would say are you covering the fundamentals and you know and then okay cool now let's talk about muscle ups you know and let's talk about snatches and let's talk about other stuff but like where are you at with your fundamentals 
because if you don't have your nutrition sorted out, if you don't have basic access to like nature, your relationships aren't, aren't, you know, okay. Uh, you don't feel like you have some level of like purpose or drive or just like a reason to be here. Uh, you know, exercise can be very supportive. It's like one of the, you know, comparable to, to antidepressants. You know, so exercise can be essentially like an antidepressant to get a person to a point of feeling like they have enough energy in order to create those fundamental changes in their lives. So if you can make, if you can work yourself up, just go do a group workout someplace and just get sweaty and feel good. And then that kind of stokes the ember, your like fire around your consciousness, and then use that energy while you're hot, use that energy to work on those fundamentals. You know, go home, adjust your home environment, call your parents, you know, like, like sort yourself out so that the next day when you wake up and you're not hot anymore, you've oriented your environment. So it's like, oh, no, no, like I just, I just exist in a yoga inducing environment and a health inducing environment. Like that's, I think that until a person really starts thinking of things in that way, I think it's just going to be a, a back and forth kind of seesaw conversation. Yeah. And what I like about what you just mentioned, Aaron, is you're not only focused on one specific area, but you've, you're like connecting all the different dots as well that may impact the overall well-being, right? For example, not only working, let's say, uh, on, on home or working in home, uh, exercising only, but also going out to nature, you know, talking to your family, ensuring that you know all the different areas of your life are also sorted. One other thing that, uh, one thing that basically strikes me the moment you mentioned the word, you know, go out in nature. I just wanted to understand what is the science behind, let's say, when someone goes out in nature, what is basically happening to your body? Any ideas? Yeah, there's a lot. Depends on which system you want to examine it from. So, you know, you're pulling in information. I mean, pulling in might not be the right term. You're receiving information through your senses all the time. Right now, you're getting olfactory information through your nose. You're getting auditory information. You're getting visual information, tactile information probably other senses out there as well that maybe like some people are more or less tapped into. Um, and so you could look at it from, we could start off from an olfactory perspective. So smelling, you go into nature, you know, just being around trees, you bring nature into your house as well. NASA did some great research around the, the, the top oxygenating filled air slash air filtering plants that you could get. So you get yourself some snake plants or whatever. I see have some plants back there. I don't know if they're real or not. Are they real? Yeah, they are. Oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So be around plants. Um, they're oxygenating, you know, so you're getting, you know, just, just more oxygen rich air. Air isn't just air. Like it's not the same all the time. Like there's, you could breathe some air where there is no oxygen and you would die. You could breathe some air where it contains some noxious chemical and you would die. And you could breathe on the other side of the spectrum air that has this, this like bioelectric quality that it's like, it's like alive you know, and the free ions and it's like living air. That's what you get when you walk by a waterfall or walk by the ocean or walk through a rainforest. Just take that in for a moment. That's that sensation. Most people have had the opportunity to walk through some like nice uh, place like that, like running water area, take a breath in through your nose. How does that compare to taking a breath by like some stinky trash or through a city with smells like urine? You know, and, and so those are very different experiences. And so some of from like a, an immuno perspective from a, speaking around like the, the smells that we're getting in our environment, when you walk out into nature, you're breathing in 
just a, a whole plethora of different chemicals that are being emitted from the trees. They're called phytoncides and you know, there's various different terms for these different types of chemicals that actually stimulate your immune system. So it's like it's like sending you sensory information from the trees and then that's catalyzing this immuno response causing your body to show up and actually be having more robust immune response to other pathogens or other different potential um, situations that you may be exposed to. Uh, there's another thing that's that's interesting with just like the visual perspective of nature. One, relaxing your eyes, taking in the panoramic view compared to taking in like the myopic, nearsighted, focused view. Your eyes, your ocular tissue, that is all neurological tissue that's continuous with your central nervous system. So the way that you use your eyes, you can think of your visual muscles almost like a toggle into your autonomic nervous system. When you're focusing in with your visual muscles, ciliary muscles and all the different muscles around the, around the eye that, that change, adjust the shape of the lens, that's sending a signal to your autonomic nervous system, to the rest of your physiology that, okay, I need to focus in, go into sympathetic response, go like, like there's a potential threat, I got to get this thing done. When you go into panoramic view, you take in the whole scene, mm. that's sending this relaxed response to the rest of, of your nervous system. It's saying, oh, okay, I'm just taking it all in. I'm not focused on anything. I'm just relaxing. Okay, what is that? Oh, that's that parasympathetic, it's that rest and digest and restore and menstruate and like, like tend to all the internal dialogue of the body. Like, oh, we're just cool. We're just chilling. There's nothing to focus on. And being able to oscillate in and out of those, that's like a healthy organism. So if you're taking a walk outside, take in the whole panorama, take in the clouds, look up, look, you know, horizontally, look left and right. All of that is, you could think of it as almost like, like a massage to your autonomic nervous system. As you use your eyes, zoom in, zoom out, look left, look right, look up, look down. All of those have corollary effects on the rest of your physiology. So think of it almost like your visual muscles, almost like a joystick in a car. Mm. And so as you're going through those different ranges, you're adjusting the rest of your autonomic nervous system. You could look at it from a tactile perspective, getting different textures under your feet. You have over 7,000 nerve endings in each, each of your feet. They're sending information through the rest of your nervous system of what's going on with the environment around you. When you live, when you exist in an environment where there's just insufficient stimuli, then you begin to, your sensory receptors that detect the world around you, it feels good to experience. Like that's, it's a, it's a gratifying feeling to experience. That's why we like orgasm. That's why we like drugs. That's why we like roller coasters. That's why we like, you know, doing hard things. It's like, wow, like I can, I can feel it. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Like when you come out of that for too long, you also need to rest. But you get too much rest, too much sensory deprivation, and you know your feet are continually covered in shoes, so you get the same stimulus over and over again with your feet. Maybe you're starting to bind your toes together, you know, and that's that's it's starting to literally atrophy your sensory reception of your feet, which is it's the first contact point with the world around you. Yes. You know, so the the there's a, a nerve shared from your low back to your feet so there's information being sent from your feet up into your low back saying okay this is what's happening in the world around me right now if you are dumbing out your capacity to feel through your feet it's not just a, a foot thing it's also a spine stability thing 
You know, it's also, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of different conversations within that. It's not just, there's no one isolated part of the body. Um, you know, you, so you, like every ass, every sense you could think of will be, it's always running, you know, so paying attention to the environment that you place yourself in. Do you enjoy the smells like living a more like erotic life, you could say, as opposed to like a neurotic life, you know? So that's, that's like, like getting into like Tantra and things of the sort, you know, Tantra is not just about like penetration. It's not just like sex. Tantra like you can tantrically live. You can tantrically eat your food tantrically walk into a room and have like a sensual experience of the room oh i can feel the clothes on my skin mm. i can feel the way that I, I i'm tapping into the way that i feel when i'm around this person when i'm around that person i'm, I'm sensitive to the to way this room makes me feel what's the feng shui of this room what do the colors do to my nervous system in this room ah the windows are down ah the windows are up mm. you know what's the air quality of this room hmm feels kind of stale hmm feels kind of like just like a little dead you know, it's like, it's like, it's air conditioned, it's cold, but it doesn't really feel like refreshing. Mm. When I walk outside, it feels like almost like it's like this more like refreshing quality. Like, hmm, interesting. Like, what is that? Those are, uh, you know, that's, I think that's what it is to be an engaged human being is just paying attention, you know, and, and from a sensory level, it's how, it's how we pay attention. And nature has a lot to offer in, in that way of like stirring us up. So, I mean, what you just mentioned, right, Aaron, kind kind of sounds really interesting to me because now what you're just telling you, we are not only talking about fitness and, you know, what we can do to keep ourselves fit, but also becoming more aware of things around us as to what kind of energy is, you know, this thing that I have in my room giving me versus when I go out and what kind of feeling do I induce. And this also kind of rings a bell to me around different hormones being released in the brain. Oxytocin uh, or let's say cortisol, for example, when you're not feeling that good or those stress hormones. Does that also impact? Like, for instance, one of the questions I had was um, around breathing as well, right? Because the breathing also does a lot to your body as well. So are there any uh, breathing exercises that you think people can do at the start of the day, at least to have a right start? Yeah, the biggest thing would just be breathing uh, less, breathing slower, breathing, you know, not so vigorously. Uh, so there's in my book, The Align Method, we break down uh, when I, and I, when I say breathing less, I think that like typically people's, like I saw your, your face kind of go like, what? Breathing less? Doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to be like, breathe all the air. You got to breathe. And so breathe fully. You know, so allow the air to enter all the alveoli and all the spaces around the lungs and like take up all of the real estate. But think when you're stressed, how do you breathe? You breathe a lot. Yeah. Okay. So. If you're anxious, your respiratory rate will increase. You will breathe more. And so that's a that's that's an interconnected relationship. You know, so you can tap into the way that you produce yourself at a hormonal level and a neurochemical level uh, through physically regulating the way that you mechanically choose to breathe. Like that's, you know, that's like Iyengar. He said that the breath is the king of the nervous system. You know, so that's like, that's, it's any, talk to any extreme in quotations, athlete, UFC fighter, any of that, come back to the breath, man, I, I'm, I'm freaking out, panicking, panicking. Okay. Mm. What, what are my options? Breathe, breathe. Okay. Slow it down. Okay. Long exhalation. Okay. Breathe through the nose, breathe through the nose. Okay. Extend the exhalation, develop a little air hunger even, and, and then back through the nose slow. I have a stuffy nose right now, so it's not so nice, but 
um, even through, I'm like, if I have a stuffy nose, I'm still like, I'm breathing through my nose, damn it. And so when you're breathing through your nose, your nose has 30 odd different functions specifically geared, geared towards respiration. Your mouth, the only function for in relation to breathing is you can gulp a lot of air quickly. So if you're in a panic situation or you're just really, really tired uh, and you, you need more air quickly, then the mouth is a, a fine tool, but pretty much like that's it. You know, mm-hmm. when you're breathing through the nose, it's passing through the nasal concha. It's like a whole labyrinth of, of um, canals, essentially, that the air is passing through. As it's going through that, it's cooling the air, it's filtering the air, it's uh, increasing the level of nitric oxide production. So nitric oxide is coming into your bloodstream as you're doing that. Nitric oxide is supportive for um, more effective circulation, supportive for mm. immune function, supportive for you know a whole plethora of different different factors. Okay. Um, yeah, so just making you feel better. So as you're breathing through the nose, um, you're slowing that breath down. If you slow the breath down, that's going to start to make your red blood cells actually more readily available to be released or the oxygen to be be released from the red blood cells. So if you get a lot of air, breathe in a ton, then it tells your red blood cells that's like, okay, we don't really need to be that effective with delivering oxygen because this guy's just he's just like air buffet all the time. <laughs> there's just there's just so much air. So like why would we be efficient? There's no there's no reason really to be efficient. Uh, I think this is called the Bohr effect. I might be confusing that term for something else, but um pretty sure it's the Bohr effect. The, so so that's the, the the chemical reaction with your your breathing patterns as you increase your the amount of air that you're getting the oxygen binding efficiency becomes like it becomes you the oxygen becomes more bound to the red blood cells hmm. as you decrease the air you slow your breathing down that the binding of the oxygen to your red blood cells it starts to release hmm. and so suddenly you become a more efficient distributor of oxygen which your blood is carrying throughout the muscles throughout your body so you slow that down a little bit it sends a signal to the rest of your physiology that okay like we're not stressed or else we'd be huffing and puffing okay so let's let's set earshot up with the correlating neurochemistry and hormonal you know your, your endocrine function is going to be correlating to uh okay cool he's 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 relaxed he doesn't need he's not in like a scarcity i need to breathe place okay cool we'll set him up in that way with all of the other systems of the body you know and then from a long-term perspective like you you want your oxygen or your red blood cells to be really efficient with distributing oxygen you don't want them to be like greedy unless you have too much air in which case then then you would because it's 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 your body's continually finding a balance um so that'd be one thing i would emphasize longer exhalations so as you're exhaling, your body is switching more over into that that parasympathetic side of the nervous system, that the rest and the digest and all, all those those aspects. Um, you can see your heart rate heart rate slows down as you're in that that side. Um, so I would emphasize that more because most people are kind of like overly upregulated or overly like they're a little like tuned up. <laughs> so that'd be a great way for most people just to like calm down, collect themselves. Um, I would recommend taping your mouth at night when you sleep, so your eyes go wide for that as well, because it sounds crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, what's the what's the idea behind it? If you don't need to tape your mouth at night, but if you wake up and your mouth is dry, 
It means that when you fall asleep, your mouth ends up hanging open and you um, end up breathing through your mouth. Mm. One, like snoring isn't pleasant for if you sleep with somebody. Uh, so it could be supportive for like your relationship or marriage or whatever. You stop snoring pretty much immediately if you tape your mouth. Uh, there's there's different various different scenarios, like how far down the sleep apnea road you are. But that would be one thing that's great. Uh, the other thing is, as you're breathing through your nose, as I mentioned before, filtering the air, it's cooling the air or warming the air, depending upon the temperature um, of your environment. Um, it's causing your body to be able to release greater amounts of nitric oxide into your bloodstream. So it's better for circulation. And if you want to, you want to wake up with an erection, you know, that's like an indication of health. Um, if you are mouth breathing throughout the night and you're, you're kind of like inefficiently tuning your the chemistry the cocktail of, of chemicals circulating through your bloodstream at night because you're breathing through your mouth the whole time um, that would be deleterious to your libido and just like your capacity to, to be able to get a robust you know er erection people are getting erectile dysfunction medication meanwhile they probably have this issue hmm. um, it's better for your immune system it's better for like literally everything and so, so if you, you just need to nose breathe while you sleep, I don't care how you do it. Taping your mouth is a very simple solution. You get a little piece of like, like medical tape, put it just like right over your lips, like a little, just a tiny little guy. So it's just over your lips, nothing else. So it's very small. It just creates a little seal there. And then the whole night you breathe through your nose. It's awesome. With like a, a baby, you know, if a baby has some kind of issue, some kind of like congestion or something like that, you know, and they, they might start breathing through their mouth, a good mom close your mouth and do whatever they need to do to relieve the baby of the nasal congestion. A good mom would also have their the most health-inducing environment for a child would be for a child to to breastfeed for, you know, I don't know, as long as you like it hunter-gatherer scenario, you'd breastfeed for, you know, quite a while, like three to four years, um, you know, as long as you can, a year and a half, two years, whatever you do. Uh, and in that time, you're developing the um, facial structure of your child as you're suckling on a breast the jaw is going forward you're, you're strengthening mm. all of your strengthening the tongue you're strengthening the throat you're developing that whole myofacial mm. structure so it's again your environment just you sucking on a boob as a baby doesn't seem like a workout you're setting you're potentially setting that child up for to be a better athlete to maybe not be anxious maybe not feel just like uh, to be more physically like aesthetically attractive to be more successful <laughs> there's so many different angles of how just like a, wow, a simple little variable of just i i used my jaw in a way that was more like natural in quotations the way it would happen in nature i mm. sucked on a boob i sucked on a boob when i grew up you know and and a, a big part of that it's a you know it's a breathing conversation you know and so then if you do end up mouth breathing as a young person then you will end up closing that jaw drops tongue acts as a natural retainer to the upper palate you know you'll notice your tongue will drift up to the roof of your of your of your uh your upper palate correct this gets into yoga stuff right so that's connecting the i think it's like the central governor what is it called the central governor there's two like primary meridian lines the front down the front of the body and, and up the back and they connect and meet like the, a circuit mm. would be the the tongue to the roof of the mouth so it goes all the way down, down the pelvic floor, up the spine, back up to the top of the head, down into the, the hard palate. And then uh, the, the potential opening circuit from the front channel and the back channel literally is that tongue to the roof of the mouth. Wow. Wow. And so 
So different, different perspectives from around the world are all saying the same thing. Uh, you could, and, and I mean, there's, there's endless things you could talk about with it. It makes you stronger. If you're pressing your tongue up to the roof of your mouth or, or clenching your jaw when you're working out, that's been shown to increase your, um, they've done a bunch of different studies with it. One particular one, this is kind of dumb, but very simple was increasing strength of leg extensions. Mm. Um, there's been, there's been a handful like increasing grip strength just through having that engagement around the, the, the tongue and the jaw. Okay. Now, some of the exercises that you mentioned, yes, were, you know, inhaling and then prolonging your exhales, right? But uh, are we are we suggesting or are you suggesting that the pattern of breathing moving forward, is is that the pattern that should be followed so that now you become more conscious of how you breathe? Or are you recommending maybe just for the first five or 10 minutes is where you kind of have a few exercises wherein? Because I saw one of your reels, you mentioned uh, four by eight kind of a technique. And this one, this was something that was also mm-hmm. uh, recommended to me by one of my previous guests. Uh, where he said, you know, you inhale for like four seconds and then exhale for eight seconds, right? So like, is this one exercise that should be followed, let's say at the beginning of the day, or do you think the breathing in general is what we should be focusing on so that we inhale less and exhale more? The body does the best with um, regular distributions of whatever the inputs you're providing throughout the day. So you, you could have some breathing practice that you do each morning to like anchor yourself if you'd like. Um, but that breathing pattern would be something that would be great to do multiple times throughout the day mm-hmm. while you're driving in your car, listening to a podcast or you know music or whatever. Take a moment and say, cool, I'm just sitting here driving. Like I'll do four rounds of focused breathing where I'm just going to extend my exhalation a little bit. In a minute, maybe I'll, I'll go just to the edge of developing like an air hunger um, and then breathe in through my nose. And I'm going to do that five times. You know, it doesn't need to be four seconds breathing in through mm. the nose, hold eight seconds, exhale eight seconds, hold. doesn't need to be exactly that. It can be that. All that really matters is that you're exploring an air hunger. Mm. So air hunger meaning like, oh, I need to breathe. If you're just all day just... <laughs> like you never like you never experience any kind of nudge of like oh like this is there's something for my body to show up to in mm. this world like i need to get a little stronger mm. like I, there's like if there's no hermetic stress is a term for that the body just becomes weak fat dysregulated and dysfunctional it's Amazing. it's like it just it doesn't become robust it becomes robust exactly to the response that you present it like mm. that's what it does. So if you if you place the body into an artificially blue lit room, perfect 69 degree Fahrenheit temperature all day long, uh, breathing as much just an air buffet all the time through through the mouth, you know, which is sending the signal that you're stressed out. Um, so technically, that is you know that that would be a, a stressor. Um, but you you're wearing thick soled shoes, binding your feet together. You know, you're, and it's just it's like that's it's just the body's so coddled in that environment. It, there's no reason for it to get stronger. There's no reason for it to to for your vision to become more effective, for your hearing to be more, more effective, for your pelvic floor function to work. You're just like, cool, I, like I, ju- I just don't need to do anything. Mm. And the body really starts to dilapidate very quickly. Mm. You know, so that would be something it's like if you want to feel good, you need to do hard shit. It's just the way it is. And so the sooner that a person can start to adapt the perspective that I actually enjoy doing hard shit, I enjoy, oh, it's raining outside. Like, want to go run in the rain? Yeah. You know, like that'd be kind of, that'd be kind of cool. Like what, like what, like, 
that'd be weird you know like let's do it you know why not you know it's a little cold outside like oh god it's cold like i would just want to go inside it's like what just maybe just be with that sensation of being cold for a second you're definitely not going to die you're yeah. definitely not going to get frostbitten you're definitely not going to get sick you're not yeah. definitely who knows but you're not going to get sick because you stood outside while it was cold for five minutes mm. definitely it's definitely not going to because of that you know yeah. and and so a similar thing with breathing like wow like I've just been breathing a buttload of air all the time, just, just hogging all the air all the time. Like, what if I just adapted myself to kind of enjoy just nudging up against the edge of like, oh, man, I'd really like to breathe right now. Yeah. Oh, cool. That was kind of hard. <laughs> and, I, and I liked it. And I feel better. Nice. Okay, cool. Great. Now we're starting to talk mm. and it's starting to layer that into different aspects of your, of, you know, your life. You're like seeking discomfort is a name some friends of mine came up with their brand um that, that's something that you know it's it's imperative for the health of humankind is to be into that position of of reorienting your relationship to discomfort mm -hmm. now one of the things aaron that you know appealed to me uh you know when we were initially start up when we initially started talking was you mentioned uh at the beginning of your you know growth uh you wanted to build the muscle up just so now you can get rid of insecurities and i know there are a lot of people out there uh that may have a same issue at times or they're struggling with something they're trying to grapple with some issues but and, and they think you know what maybe the solution for me is to be you know maybe look strong but but what's your perspective or what's your take on that uh, on that just uh, let's say building muscle is the thing or what should be the other areas that that we should focus to, to ensure that you know we are truly becoming strong only not from the outer but all the areas hmm. i think the outer in a lot of ways does represent the inner and a person that is like physically very strong they might not also be like very supple or very well rested or very well like uh, they might still be like very tense you know, so just because a person has a lot of physical muscle um, doesn't mean that at the other various different levels, even of, of their physicality, that they're actually, you know, as healthy or whole as they could be, you know. And so within that, I think just like being willing to, to be with yourself probably be the, be the biggest thing, you know, being willing to like, you know, who's, who's that that said that cornerstone, this is paraphrasing, I don't remember who said this, but like the cornerstone of modern man's problems is his inability to sit alone with himself in a room. If, if you're able to get to a point where you're just like, I, I'm not addicted, which I mean, I personally am addicted to all sorts of stuff. You know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I, I get it. I've had moments of, of being there. I'm like, okay, this is, this is like what freedom is. And, you know, so I think meditation is great. Whatever your form of meditation is, just sitting and like and reducing the stimuli. This whole time I've been talking about like adding in stimuli in the form mm -hmm. of nature. Uh, the other side is just like it's inhale, exhale. So you inhale all the stimuli. Ideally, you're inhaling health inducing stimuli, healthy air, healthy sunlight, healthy full spectrum light, as opposed to like alternating current light, you know, your fluorescent <laughs> lights in your house um healthy smells healthy relationships you know having like honesty in your relationships and feeling just like supported, feeling like you have a tribe to lean on like doubling down on investing in the people that you lean on in your life nothing will ever be more important than that and and then having investing in your relationship with yourself you know so within that I, i'd say things like meditation things like get yourself a massage every now and again maybe do do some yoga do something like working out like really be intentional about offering yourself the gift of care the way that you would 
someone or something that you cared about. Like you might wash your car, you know, and get in all the nooks and crannies and get into the vents and everything and like really like wash the shit out of your car. Like do that with your body, do that with your connective tissue. You know, so there's probably some aspect in a person's life they can have that appreciation of like, oh yeah, like in this way, I do take really good care of thing or X person, my child or whatever it is. So like do that, keep doing that. That's awesome. And learn from the way that you interact with that person, place, thing, whatever of like, well, maybe some of those things, the way that I wash my car, maybe I can start to kind of learn with my treatment to the car. I can kind of learn how to overlay that into my treatment to my, my own body and my own, you know, my own, my own heart, you know, like just asking yourself, like, how's my heart? You know, do I feel love? Do I feel like it's safe to love? Do I feel supported? Do I feel like if I died in the next minute, like how would I feel about that? How would I feel about my relationships? How would I feel about like just like my imprint in this world? How would I feel about like what I left behind? If you feel good about that and you're like, you can genuinely come from a place of like, yeah, like it would be okay. Like transitioning out of this body in the next minute, like it wouldn't be a problem. I'd like miss hanging out with my dog or whatever. You know, I miss my girlfriend or I miss, you know, my kids or, you know, but like, I feel like I've said what I needed to say. You know, I feel like I feel like, like I feel like I have expressed and I could express more. I could do more, all of that if I had more time in this like incarnation. Um, but to this point, I have expressed to the highest degree that I, I feel like I've been capable of. And then it's like, okay, great. Like you're probably not going to die in a minute. So come back to that question and, you know, address those aspects of your, of yourself and your, your life. That's like, where are their, their nooks and crannies of my life that like, I do feel kind of a little, I, w I would feel dissatisfied with if I did transition out of this body in the next minute. I think it's just like living like each day reflecting on your own demise and, and like the reality, like you're going to die. Like you're definitely going to die. hundred percent going to be in the ground, going to be burnt, going to be launched out of a cannon, like whatever, whatever <laughs> tradition, going to have a bunch of crows eat you on the top of a mountain, like whatever you do, a hundred percent is happening. Yeah. You know, so sit, sit with that question every day. Don't be afraid of it. Hmm. I love the part as to how... You're telling not only are we asking some basic questions, but these are very deeper questions, right? Like this brings you in alignment with your end goal and actually identifying if you're really happy or not in the first place. And if something needs to change, once you get your answer, then you can actually have a, a roadmap as to how we can actually go and achieve those things. Now, yeah. I know we are coming to the end of the interview, Aaron, but there is one question I do want to ask you. How would you define masculinity? Well, masculinity doesn't have anything to do with generals. Um, masculinity is my definition that I borrowed from other people and as well just seems intuitively makes sense. Masculinity is like structure, it's direction, it's drive, it's purpose, it's like doing the hard thing, it's um, showing up on time, it's being like a, like a master of time and space, it's uh, being dependable. Yeah, I'd say that's, 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 that's a big part of it. Um, it's being like, having a drive towards something higher than yourself, some higher purpose, God, you know, whatever, you know, whatever your, whatever your, your, your bag is, um, probably that. And then the feminine would be like the nurturing, the zest and the play and the sweetness and the color and the, uh, it's like the, the, the contents that are contained by the container. So the masculine would be like the container that holds the feminine, which is like the juice and each individual is an embodiment of both of those a woman will 
naturally just step into being a mother uh, more effectively than a man would. Now, how can people reach out to you, Aaron? Well, I host a podcast called The Align Podcast. We've been on that for the last like seven and a half years. People could enjoy that. I've, done, I've had the opportunity to have most people that I've like looked up at to as mentors over the years. I've had the opportunity to sit down and have conversations with. Um, and then I have a book called The Align Method. Just We just did a relaunch of that about a year ago. And um, I think the place, if they want to actually like connect with me, we have a we have a, a free community that people can jump into. And we, we share exclusive content, a lot around self-care, movement, um, like strength training, flexibility, uh, things of the sort, very like simple, actionable information. And there's a community of, of right now there's about 2000 people in there. Uh, and that's free, available, jump in there right now. It's at the URLs alignpodcast.com slash community. So that would probably be the, the best place. And we're launching a, a new online program um, the end of September that will go very deep into all the self-care, movement, flexibility, strength training stuff. Perfect. So I'm going to include all of those links on the episode and uh, appreciate it. Aaron, thank you so much, brother, for taking your time out and joining us on the show. Yeah, it was fun talking to you, man. This brings us to the end of this episode and hope you at least had one takeaway from this interview. If you have any questions or want to talk to me personally, you can find me at www.silavatirshad.com. See you soon.